0: Welcome to Cellmates. Welcome
1: to Cellmates.
0: I'm Kate Phillips. I'm Dick Warren. And this is the podcast where we analyze, dissect, toss two animated feature films into a Venn diagram and I mixed up the vowels on that. You did, it was great. Into a yeah. Venn diagram and see what happens. Yes. Uh Welcome to our show.
1: Thank you. Uh,
0: yeah. This this is exciting. We haven't recorded in a while. Yeah,
1: our last episode, folks may know, was our um, Shrek at Ralph episode.
0: I'm going to uh, Shrek it.
1: Which we actually recorded a while back uh, just in case we got sick and we needed to put out something.
0: And we've been sick all year long. Yep. Uh, <laughs> it's just been happening. <laughs> it's not even been two months and uh, 2019 is... We've kind of taken turns. Yeah. It's been a fun time.
1: Uh, we're recording now. Um, I just want to give a heads up if I am slower or slurrier or my uh, mouth says things that my head did not tell it to, it is because I am hopped up on painkillers. Uh,
0: Several, in fact.
1: Yeah, due to uh, a back injury. Yeah. Um, so this, so this could be at, interesting.
0: Yeah, listen at like a one point five or two, sp- you know, double speed. Well, you're
1: still going to be talking normally, so they have yes, to alternate so between I'm just that button. Going
0: to sound like a chipmunk. Yeah. Yeah. So well Kate's talking, a lot of work for you guys. Good luck.
1: It's you know what? It'll be worth it though.
0: Maybe if I talk very slowly.
2: Be as well, good.
0: Be <laughs> macadamia nut. <laughs> Um, oh, laughing hurts my back. Oh no, <laughs> it's okay. Um, well, good thing that we don't talk about uh, comedic movies at all. So, on this Kate, podcast.
1: Kate, you may have noticed that I am uh, drinking a uh, water uh, yes, out of a are. White Rock seltzer bottle. Well, what does that have to do with our movies today,
0: Dick? We, so you're drinking water, right? That's and water contains the ingredients uh, water, uh, water, right? Like water. Um, Who, wait,
1: who's hopped up on back pills? Is it me or you?
0: <laughs> and take a look at the uh, the outside of your water bottle. What do you What do you see?
1: See like a fairy?
0: Yeah. Would you say a fairy has like regular powers, or would they have like magical powers?
1: Uh, they probably have magical powers, probably right? Probably
0: magical powers, right? Oh. Like they could do magic things. Yeah. And like fly around. It's the
1: same as having wings.
0: It, it is having wings, and, the um, fairy specifically on your water.
1: This fairy is on top of a very small uh, piece of ice that appears to be floating in a big old ocean of, uh, made of, of water. Water. There you uh, go. So, yeah, this is this is a pretty woke yeah. seltzer brand oh, company. Go
0: because the glacier is melting. Yeah, it looks like the, the ice caps dying. are melting and yeah. the fairy
1: is dying. This is a really depressing seltzer.
0: Yeah, well, it's the world we live in. Yeah. Well, Dick, I'm drinking. Uh, it's a. It's. It's also got water. I'm looking at water, but it's not water inside. Mm. It's a Blue Point Toasted mm-hmm. Lager.
1: What kind of lager?
0: A uh, Blue Point Toasted Lager. Toasted. Oh, that's toasted like the glaciers.
1: Toasted like the glaciers, or toasted like,
0: like, toast. Yeah. What do you like? Toast what? like bread. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like bread. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, like that you might find in a bakery. Yeah. I'm also looking at a picture of both sea and sky Ooh. on this label, which makes me think that Those are two should,
1: things that don't exist in any other movies we talk about. No I just other want movies. to make that clear. And they're
0: both blue. There's <laughs> a lot of blue. Yeah. we. I feel like maybe we should... Uh, look at our beer pairings first for proof of concept on these uh pairings, yeah we didn't
1: really come up with a great theme on this we're not
0: one. super we're we're gonna make a case for this pairing we, is what we're gonna do today but we are lo- we are looking at sea and sky today and <laughs> the movies finding nemo mm-hmm. uh pixar film 2003 eh,
1: somewhere on there
0: my computer's broken so i'm gonna toss off research yeah. on this one and
1: uh, wait is your computer my back are they the same thing
0: is possible? Oh man! This week, uh, that's our sea element. Yes, and our sky is Kiki's delivery service. That's correct. Studio Ghibli, nineteen eighty nine. Mm-hmm. Um, and
1: that that being said, like Kiki in, is specifically looking for a place by the ocean. She is. So. she
0: spends a lot of the time in the sky. Yes, but she does. Yeah, she does want a, a view of the ocean. Yeah, like the uh, the killer in the Versace miniseries I just watched. He always wants a view of the ocean. Oh, it's like one of the least weird things about him. actually. Yeah, I like an ocean view. <laughs> anyway, uh, Dick, the let's what what uh, when you're thinking these two movies, what what why do you pair them together?
1: Um, because you told me to. Mm-hmm. No, uh, I pair them together because um, they're both. Kind of, uh, kind of coming of age stories. Um, for Kiki, it's her coming of age. Um, she is uh, not to give anything too far away, but she's a witch who has turned uh, thirteen, which means she has to go off and like start a witchy business in another city.
0: It's a very early age to have to start a small business. Those it are is, hard, but she's yeah.
1: got magic, so it helps. Um, and the other is kind of a coming of age for dad. I would argue yeah. like Nemo kind of comes of age in Finding Nemo, but really it's Marlon taking the adventure and growing up. And, and it's like a coming of age story for like an overprotective, scared dad.
0: Yeah. Yeah. In his case, for sure. Yeah. Um, the, also, there's also this- there's water in both of them. There is water in both of them. It really like expansive sets, I would say. Yep. Like they have basically free reign of their worlds to a certain extent. Um, I think also what, well, so we had decided to watch Kiki's Delivery Service mm-hmm. because Dick's sister had gifted us with some Studio Ghibli yes. uh, Blu-rays for Christmas. Excellent. Which, thanks, Krista. Um not, so, um,
1: sorry, not Krista from Fern Gully. Krista, my sister, who is related to wh- me.
0: What's a Fern Gully? Uh, we'll talk yeah. about that later. We have to find out. Um, and so we were looking for a movie to pair with Kiki's. And weirdly enough, there aren't a lot of just kind of straight up coming of age stories. You would
1: think that'd be a common thing. You
0: would think so. And I guess there aren't like... The Lion King is coming of age, but there's a lot of other things going on, or like no. Hercules or Mulan. Like, it, there are coming of age stories, but they're like uh, more in, um, it's, circumstantial. It's not about the coming of age. Right. Yeah. Right. Which is
1: really, really surprising. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, you know, we were trying to brainstorm along that line, but we were thinking, or I was thinking, in um, both movies, there's kind of a series of. It's a, it's a little bit more episodic than um, possible. Uh, oh, you just closed your eyes. I didn't know if you had fallen um, nope, asleep. Still awake. Instantly. Or, I got this. Uh, okay, neat. Um, that's. Do you think they can hear that really high pitched squeaking sound? Those are pipes. That's the sound our hot water makes when it when it doesn't want to be hot.
2: Y'all,
1: this is gonna be a great episode. This is gonna be a great episode. You you are all so lucky.
0: It's gonna be like the time on full House, uh Jesse's first uh radio gig in the Rush Hour Renegades, where he has the flu. So he's hopped up on flu medicine and his family takes over the his first uh show. Anyway, so both movies are also mildly episodic. Kiki probably more so than Nemo. Um, but it's the you know, the coming-of-age protagonist on kind of a series of mini quests within their bigger quest. Um, and a lot of people are just really helpful or fish or, you know, whoever. Um, just they meet really helpful friends along the way and, and they achieve their goal. Yeah.
1: Basically, of. everyone's nice in yeah. both of those movies. Yeah. Except for birds who are jerks. Yeah.
0: Birds are jerks. That's birds the are jerks. Third, that's the third reason. So you know what? These movies maybe were destined to be paired all along and we just we just needed to be a little bit more open-minded. Yeah. We
1: didn't know how much they needed to be together. Yeah. Uh, Kate, let's let's get this started. Let me ask you. Uh, we'll start with Finding Nemo.
2: Okay.
0: Uh,
1: probably the better known of the two movies. Where were you? Uh, when you first saw it, what was your experience with Finding Nemo?
0: I saw it in theaters. I want to say that I saw it first with friends, which was a big deal at the time of being. No, not that big of a deal. I was like 16, but. Like, my family always goes to see these movies. So, I think I saw it with friends before family. Um, because I have very distinct memories of. If it wasn't first, it was like very, like the second viewing um, that I saw it with friends because we all shared like inside joke quotables of it. Um, particularly the made you ink. Um, or, no, hey, you made me ink. Saved your life. Um, that fish and the octopus. Yeah. I feel like that was a part of that summer. Um, and yeah, I I loved it. I, this is one of probably my top Pixar's. Um, I just think it's very it is it's great. I love I love Chico Elmo Nemo.
1: You you keep going for that, and I keep not knowing what you're talking the, yeah. about. Yeah,
0: I mean that's a that's a quotable. Uh, Highly uh, referenced, quotable from my brother and my conversation. You're Chico?
1: Great. (laughs) Um,
0: Dick, uh, have you seen the movie Finding Nemo? Yeah. You've seen it? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Say more. Oh, um, it's pretty good. Um, I saw it probably in the theaters. I know I saw Finding Dory in the theaters. I think I saw Finding Nemo in the theaters. Um, I remember really enjoying it. Um. Yeah, it's it's a uh, it's a movie. It's about fish. Sure is. It's pretty good.
0: Yeah. Uh. So I'm going to. We didn't talk about this, but I'm going to assign myself the plot summary of Finding Nemo because I don't think I can do Kiki very well. That's a, good no. Justice. That's a great choice. So I think I will be able to cookie timer this at two minutes. Yeah. It's what we're doing. But you I better think be able to do, do two be, minutes. I, I've failed miserably the last several times. Yeah. Even when it's like five minutes, I have failed miserably. So I'm really going to try this. So time.
1: set your sights on like one thirty,
0: right? Like what? Yeah, yeah, I I agree. So oh no, not two hours. That's more time than I need.
1: That's more time than the movie. That's
0: more time than the movie needs. So I am going to uh, synopsize Finding Nemo, and great uh, Nemo's uh, fishy, and he has a dad Marlin. Uh, We join Marlin because uh, his wife dies brutally in a weird fish attack. And all the eggs die but one, and that's Nemo, and he's got a gimpy fin. Marlin is terrified of the world. um, Doesn't want Nemo to go out or play or things. um, But Nemo gets sick of it. He goes to school. He tries to touch the butt, which is a boat. And he swims too far out and gets caught by a diver. Nemo's gone, and Marlin has to find Nemo. He searches the ocean. Um, and he's like, because he's really scared of things, it's, it's gradual at first. He meets another fish, Dory, uh, who has short term memory loss. Uh, and it, together, they kind of struggle bus through the ocean on a series of journeys, meeting different animals, uh, sea creatures, to find Nemo. Um, you find out that Nemo has been uh, caught and put in a dentist office fish tank um, with uh, other fish. That befriend him, and um, they all want to escape the fish tank and and back up in the ocean. And Nemo has to, you know, get over the fact that he thinks he can't do anything because of his little wimpy fin. Um, So he kind of develops a self confidence. But really, this is Marlin's story. And with each mini adventure, Marlin gets a little bit braver, a little bit bolder. He can kind of set his sights a little bit farther. Um, And they get all the way to Sydney where Nemo is and then they keep on not being able to get to this dentist's office and meanwhile Nemo and his friends are about to get stolen by this, not stolen, gifted to this uh, terrible girl Darla who's basically like the Sid of this movie. She kills fish instantly, not on purpose, she's just wild um, so there's that impending doom but Marlon does find Nemo or rather Nemo really finds Marlon because he gets himself out into the ocean, and finds they find each other. I was done. I, they found he found yeah, Nemo. The he found story, him. yeah, nice. And they're all brave.
1: Yeah, it's a good it's a good little movie.
0: You could call this movie Brave. I don't know. I call they it. They should just rename it Brave. I I'd don't call see what the problem would be. Big brave fish. Big brave fish. Little yeah. fish.
1: Big brave fish. Little fish.
0: <laughs>
1: Coming soon to a <laughs> theater near you.
0: Big brave fish. Little brave fish. Well, that's, Perfect. That's. that's that's gotta that it. That rolls right off the tongue.
1: <laughs> Two for big brave fish, little brave fish, please. <laughs>
0: um, this movie is a like, it is easy to summarize quickly because, again, it's just like a series of he meets sharks. He thinks he's gonna be in trouble, but the sharks, the fish are friend, not foods. Yeah, and uh, then he meets some fish, a school of fish. Played by John Ratzenberger, *The uh, Times Infinity*. Then uh, he meets some turtles. Then he meets some pelicans. Uh, so it's like it—not it, a ton happens, um, but it's a—it's a neat exercise in kind of repetition. And they show something different every time, and they learn something different every time. It's yeah. kind of like a the inverse moana
1: <laughs> he, he goes out into the world he sees a perceived threat and then through either learning more about it or or whatever mm-hmm. mainly through learning more about it it turns out it's not a threat at all and it can actually be helpful to him
0: yeah and trusting too right like that's do- dory is written as a very really well written foil to marlin because she just trusts everyone and is very yeah let's do it that's fine and it's It's interesting, right? Because she has short-term memory loss. Mm -hmm. She doesn't necessarily know that there is danger. Um, And Marlon has like the kind of the curse of this memory that's haunting him, this trauma.
1: Marlon would not go into an abandoned theme park. Dory would.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. Dory would go into an abandoned theme park in Tangiers, Morocco. Because there was an awesome off- Model Lion King mural which you in could, Africa, which you could
1: see from the road, but not
0: as well.
1: Uh, not as I wanted to see well. all
0: of the characters, those
1: terrifying men just sitting near empty rides.
0: I wouldn't say they were terrifying, they were the terrifying. danger was uncertain. Yeah, they could have been really friendly. Nope, I don't know. 100% those sharks d- seemed really mean too, but they were danger. very friendly and then they tried to kill them until they got the taste of blood. Yeah, yeah, but only the one. The other ones didn't mind so much. They didn't all go we're back on them.
1: Reference, boom. I'm, I'm good with no sharks attacking me.
0: I nannied two girls for a summer. I think the summer after this came out. And the littler one, she was four, was terrified of Bruce the shark. Yeah. Like she could not be around any reference to Finding Nemo, any like shark picture. Like she was terrified. And I get it. He's mostly nice, but when he's not, oof.
1: So, Kate, what is your experience with our second movie of the day, uh, Kiki's Delivery Service?
0: Never heard of it, no. Uh, this, uh, I saw it for this podcast. Mm-hmm. My brother, who is interested in Studio Ghibli and, all, and a lot of Japanese pop culture, um, had kind of recommended it to me before. as like, you should maybe see this movie. It's a a Japanese animation movie that doesn't have really large, terrifying animals in it. So you might not hate this one. Um, But it just kind of, like, he has always described it, and I don't think he's wrong, as a slice of life movie, Mm. which didn't necessarily pique my interest. So I just never saw it. Um, So I saw it for this podcast, and it was very slice of life. But it was also very entertaining and interesting to watch. I didn't find it, it, ironically being a slice of life. I didn't find it quite as like slow or empty. Is the wrong word? You've used better words to describe Miyazaki, but mm-hmm. like it's not as.
1: Uh, it seems more event driven. Yes. Yeah. Um, not which...
0: necessarily plot driven.
1: Right. But event-driven, but there's like, not a lot of
0: scenes staring at a landscape for, like, five minutes. Right, and
1: one thing did often lead to another thing, mm-hmm. which was uh, a lot of um, what you found difficult about, like, Spirited Away was, right. like, we're doing this scene, it doesn't do anything with the scene before, it doesn't yeah. do anything with the scene after. I guess
0: it feels, even with the, you know, the whimsy and the magical elements, it feels more grounded in reality. Yeah. As opposed to the other two I've seen, is Howl's Moving Castle and Spirited Away, where it's like, are we in a dream or a right. nightmare? Maybe, Un- like it's unclear whether or not you're in the real world. Um, so maybe that helped too, yeah. or just made the experience different. But I, I quite enjoyed it. It is nice. my favorite Miyazaki so far. Yes.
1: Yeah. Oh man, that's that's really building up to Totoro.
0: I It. I mean, there's a cat bus, but he's not uh, scary, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, oh, no.
1: Um,
0: uh, Dick, you, you have seen this movie, too. Yes. Both, the, both of these podcast movies you have seen. Yes,
1: um, but I'll specifically talk about the one I haven't talked about yet, which is Kiki's Delivery Service, um, which I saw, even though it's earlier in the Ghibli library, I saw it. It was maybe like my last or second to last one when I like was starting to complete them.
0: Oh, interesting. Um,
1: uh, when whenever we get to the Totoro episode, I'll talk more about it. But I was like raised on that movie because it was one of the three like movies for kids at my grandma's library when we when we went up to visit her. Um, so I once I realized that Studio Ghibli, it's like you know, oh, it's this weird movie from when I'm a kid, and then I find out like. Oh, other people like it. And they make more movies it's like a this. A bunch
0: of weird movies. Great. <laughs>
1: um, so I saw, like, uh, Princess Mononoke at Comic Con in 1999. I saw, uh, you know, I, and then I just, like, started catching up on all the, all the rest of them because I was, like, kind of obsessed at that point. And Kiki's, I think, was one of the last ones I saw because it's, like, l- little girl witch delivery.
0: No sorts. Like, no, uh, Giant okay. Pigs.
1: It's not like it's not like the most exciting plot, so I think I dove into it the the latest. Mm-hmm. Um, but since I saw uh, since I initially saw it, I've seen it a few, a few more times. I find it really relaxing. Mm. Really like weirdly reassuring. You know, there's not like a big cataclysmic event happening. It's just like, "Hey, I got to get this going. Can I get this going?" Yep. Okay. Cool.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of nice to yeah. not have any, like, hanging, looming danger.
1: Yeah, like, the worst danger is that, like, she won't get a delivery on time. Yeah. Or that, like, she'll she'll have trouble fitting in socially. Yeah. Like.
0: Or those birds.
1: Yeah. But just because it's a cartoon with magic doesn't mean that you have to beat an alter demon at the end. Right,
0: right. Which I I
1: really appreciate. Like, the. The fairly low stakes mm-hmm. of the movie. Mm-hmm. Make it a nice, calm watch. Nice. Yeah.
0: All right, Dick. You got two minutes on the cookie timer. and let you take a swig of your mm-hmm. global warming fairy water. Global warming fairy water. Sorry, climate change. Because why would it be snowing? <sighs> we. One day we'll have a national leader who reads.
2: Mm.
1: One day. We'll see.
0: We did all right for like 200 years. Anyway, I mean, but also like slaves. Yeah, like I was going to say, a lot
1: of those people are slaves.
0: We haven't done well as a country yeah. in general. Hey, let's just
1: get this cookie timer let's going. Let's just get
0: the cookie timer going. <laughs> let's talk about Japan instead. And
1: action. All right. There's this girl named Kiki. She is a witch. It's her like 13th birthday or right near it. Um, she sees that the moon is full and the sky is clear. And she decides that this is the day she's going to go off to become a witch, to do her witchly duties and, like, open up shop in a new town. Uh, She does that, and along the way she, like, gets kind of lost in some weather. She stays in a train for a while. She gets out of the train, and she ends up in a town where it doesn't seem like they're super familiar with the idea of a witch, Mm -hmm. Um, but she sets up, you know, she tries to set up shop. She makes a couple deliveries because she doesn't have... Like, her mom is, like, a potion expert. She meets another witch who's, like, does charms or something or fortunes. But Kiki, all she can do is kind of fly her broomstick okay. But she can kind of fly a broomstick okay, which is more than most people can do. She sets up shop with a nice lady who's a, who's a baker who, like, needs some help around the place. She makes some deliveries. Uh, at one point, she drops a thing because she's attacked by crows and oh she's got a talking cat voiced by phil hartman sure does uh and the thing that she dropped look was a toy that looked just like that cat so she had the cat (laughs) pretended to be the toy i forgot about it it was it's amazing there's a dog that just like decides it loves the toy and so carries it around Uh, that's like the worst peril um she eventually finds that doll uh she swaps that out for the cat she, oh yeah, there's like a dirigible, there's like a, a blimp landing in town. She goes to see it with a boy that she kind of likes, kind of doesn't. Uh, but it's it's nice. I don't know. That's all I got. In in the end, she set up her her small business. It she went just, okay.
0: She comes of age. Yeah.
1: Cookies are done. Cookies, are, Cookies done. are done.
0: Nice.
1: Yeah, I'm fairly certain I skipped over some things, but.
0: But again like like you said like nothing is really super consequential. Yeah. Um
1: it's all just like oh man I stubbed my toe today it really sucked. But like oh, well. cool that doesn't matter tomorrow.
0: I guess, I mean... It, like, she gets she gets yeah. sick
1: for a while, which is a bummer. She
0: gets sick for a while. She, like, can't talk to her cat, and she doesn't know why.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. I did But, I like, did she kind of a,
0: can by the end, It's un, or, like, can at least communicate with him.
1: Yeah, she kind of starts to lose her magic powers because I think she's just depressed. Uh, or she's, like, lost her confidence.
0: Do you think... Oh, okay. Talking to a cat is a magical power? Uh Yeah. Interesting.
1: I would assume so. No one else talks that, to that I cat. I thought,
0: yeah. Do do the do we have do, do any other witches talk to that cat in like the first scene?
1: Uh, that's a great question. I'm not sure
0: because I definitely read that as like she is growing up. Oh, so she doesn't, she doesn't need, need to talk this to companion anymore. anymore.
1: That might be true.
0: But um, but yeah, like her broom doesn't work for a while,
1: and it's not really it's not really like quantified.
0: Mm-hmm. there's,
1: there's no like, ah, no, I'm a level five, witch. I should be able to do this. But now I'm only performing at like a level three. Yeah. There's no like, Hey, these are the expectations. It's just like, cool. She talks to this cat, this cat responds. Yeah. So you, you kind of don't know. Mm-hmm. And that's neat. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I assumed it was like, she was losing her powers. Cause she also stopped being able to fly right around that point. Yeah.
0: So yeah, for sure. But yeah, you don't grow out of being a witch; you just keep on being a witch. I guess, yeah, it's not, yeah, because yeah, mom you, made potions. You grow into it. being a witch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But maybe it's like you're lesser. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how the witch uh, in uh, you know world building works. No. Like, totally. But so, Dick, you mentioned you know a couple of her adventures along the way. Yeah. Um, what What are your favorite adventures? She goes that you the cat toy one is the cat toy fun. one is
1: is great because uh anytime that uh Miyazaki draws like shivers going up and down someone's body it's amazing and when it's a cat it's even better yeah um and I think I believe he does that like a couple of times and it makes me laugh every time uh I love that big dopey dog uh yeah like that dog is amazing yeah um yeah, so that that whole adventure is fun, and like she meets Janine Garofalo. Yeah, you know? who's like
0: essentially playing Janine Garofalo, and she's just kind of
1: hanging out and drawing like this artist who drawing lives ravens
0: a, in a cabin in the woods by herself.
1: Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, um, she. Uh, what else? She there are
0: those two old ladies that she like bakes with for an afternoon. Oh yeah,
1: she just like hangs out with some old ladies. Mm-hmm. That the end, like and. And she takes uh, the thing that they baked. Like she she yeah. helps them get an oven up and running. And then she takes the the herring cake or whatever yeah. to where it's supposed to be delivered. And it's this girl's party. And she's like, oh, girl, maybe this stupid cake that I hate. And like it breaks your heart a little bit. It does. Um,
0: but also like that's the end of it. Like yeah. you see the girl later, but there are no like lingering anything.
1: Well, Kiki does not care for her.
0: Sure. Right, but like, because we,
1: when we see her later, it's when she's hanging out with the boy, mm-hmm. and those girls, like, pull up in a car. Right. They're like, yo, you want to come hang with us? And she's like, nah.
0: But also, she's, like, scared of the boy.
1: Yeah. He comes on a little strong.
0: He does come on a little strong.
1: He's he's really excited that she's a witch. Like, mm-hmm. he's very interested. I I, I feel like he's, he's like, a, a little bit borderline, but also, like, yeah. he's... He's excited and curious and she's giving him no response.
0: It feel yeah, it does in in this day and age yeah. feel um an awful lot like like exoticism, like, oh you're a witch, like I've never dated a witch before. Yeah. Um but he's just also like an awkward preteen, yeah. like early teen. So it's it yeah it works by the end
1: yeah and we see that he's a he's a pretty pretty decent dude Mm -hmm. or he seems to be Mm -hmm. he's trying to fly
0: yeah he's trying to fly in like planes like not as a not on a broom right
1: well he's trying to fly a bicycle
0: bicycle plane a bicycle plane wings yeah
1: yeah it's a really really cool idea
0: there is a lot of motifery of flying right. Brooms and that bike thing and the blimp. Yeah. Um, do you, what have you thought about why that might be?
1: I think, um, in some ways, like, I, I whenever I think flying, I think freedom. Hmm. Um, and so, like, I think of Kiki not being able to fly very well as being like, cool, I'm not yet ready for this freedom, mm-hmm. but like, by the end, she's great. Mm-hmm. Um, I see that kid yearning for freedom. I see like everyone like wanting to be in that blimp as like kind of like we just we want to be up and away and doing our own thing.
0: But then the blimp like goes Titanic, right?
1: Well, it goes Hindenburg. There we go. If we're really going to do that,
0: there we go. There's the metaphor (laughs) or the reference. Not even a metaphor. Um, It's an actual blimp.
1: Yeah. It. It it like crashes. She saves the day. Oh my god! I said there was no actual high stakes. She does like save the day at the end.
0: She kind of does, but like I didn't remember that scene till just now. Yeah. Also,
1: because it kind of as soon as that scene ends, the movie's over.
0: Yeah. So what what does that say? No one can be trusted with freedom. I don't know.
1: (laughs) That's too deep for a Tuesday.
0: Freedom is a is a facade. Yeah. Um, We all come crashing down in flames anyway. Great. What a great movie. So cool. In, okay, so those are some, like, temporary stakes. Yeah. But in each of these, like, not having seen the movie before, in each of those kind of interactions, at first, there's, like, and I don't know if it's written in intentionally or just, like, I've been burned by Miyazaki in nightmare scenarios before.
2: Uh-huh.
0: That, like, you know, you meet those, like, you know, that, that big old dog. And you're like, oh no, he's going to tear Gigi to pieces. And you meet those old ladies and you're like, oh no, are they going to turn into birds and then go to their terrifying giant baby and feed him? Like, so there's all, for me, there's like a moment of like mistrust of like, do like this seems normal, but also it seems like it could go really wrong. And then it doesn't. Yeah. Everything is fine. Um, Do you feel like that's written in, or do you feel like that's just me being paranoid? I mean,
1: I feel like to an extent that's written in. She comes to the city very optimistically. Mm. She's like, yo, I'm going to be your witch. And they are like, who are you? And get out of my way. And I don't care the answer to the first one. Right? Like They're just like, go away. Um, So I think, you know, after enough of that, she starts to see like uh, peril. Right. And like, to be fair, like that dog is kind of scary, and those crows are scary. And like,
0: the crows are scary.
1: Like, there's a lot of things that she runs into where like they had every right to be terrifying or evil or like good negotiators, uh, which no one in this movie is. No. Um, But like, uh, they had all these opportunities to do that sort of thing, and they never really do. Everyone's just like, hey, how's it going? It's, yeah. Cool. Do you want to live upstairs and just like deliver bread for me every once in a while? So you could stay but like here like, also, free? if
0: you don't feel like it, that's fine. <laughs> like, that's
1: cool too. Like, yeah, that's the kind of that's the kind of people we're running into here. Yeah. Similarly, in Finding Nemo, mm. Marlin runs into a lot of potential danger or a lot of things that that specifically scare him, mm-hmm. uh, rather than things that specifically uh, read as ominous to us. Yeah. Um it's, it's, uh, tell talk talk more about that.
0: Well, so I, I think after Dory, the first people they run into are those sharks. It's people uh first characters yeah. they run into are those sharks. So like immediately there's like, Oh no, this was a bad idea. Like he's he's never gonna find Nemo. Um and so it's it's more exaggerated than in Kiki, but there's kind of this, Oh, this is gonna be real big trouble. Oh no, it's not. Like they're they're vegetarian sharks. Yeah. They're you know, um Meat Eaters Anonymous or whatever their club is. Yeah. Um. And then yeah, when he sniffs the blood, there's danger, but it's it kind of subverts all of these. And yeah, I'm not. I mean, they really they face real dangers too. Like the jellyfish are actually yeah um, bad. But I think there's also an like there there's trust right built into that situation because they encounter the Ratzenberger school of fish, and they say. Take, take the crevice. Like, don't go on top of yeah. the trench. And so, but Marlin doesn't trust them. He's like, no, the top looks safer. This looks scary. And they go on the top of the trench, and there's a field of jellyfish that, like, Dory almost dies because yeah. she is stung so badly. Um, so there is real peril there. But it's because Marlin didn't trust. And, and I don't know if necessarily you should trust a shark who presents as a shark like that's uh it's it, it, the messaging is I'm not quite sure exactly what to draw from like that situation but yeah um
1: but a lot of it I feel is Marlon just being scared of everything right and just like cool like you might be right to be scared mm-hmm. like if they had just completely avoided those sharks I would, have been, I would have understood right um but like uh a cover is not the book mm. As they say in uh, Mary Poppins Returns. Yeah, they say it. In that like 12 hour long song. Oh my gosh. Uh,
0: yeah, and the, the you know, Dory's Just Keep Swimming, I feel like is, do, you know, it becomes their mantra whether Marlin likes it or not. Yeah. Um But yeah, the same with like, you know, there's a lot of good visual design here and like even the turtles, they're not scared of them once they meet them, but like, it's this big looming shadow, and they don't know what it is. And it's these like very hilarious turtles.
1: And same with the whale.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: The whale is giant and scary, and they yep. get kind of eaten by it.
0: Kind of. Kind of. Yeah. They, just,
1: they get. They get into its mouth.
0: They get into its mouth, uh, but then it helps them. Yeah. Um. And. Uh, yeah, I, I. That's one of the things when you were talking about, like in kiki how the stakes are kind of low so it's a nice easy watch i feel that especially in rewatches of finding nemo that i know there's no like single big bad guy or like you know extended threat of like our character you know our heroes fighting against each other for like five scenes like yeah. he's mad at dory for like one scene um, everything gets resolved very quickly if it falls apart which which I enjoy, and then I feel like I can maybe linger more on the themes and the sure. you know the message of trust and bravery and all that, which I which I quite enjoy. Oh. Yeah. So, uh, so at the end of both of these stories, yeah, our characters, our protagonists, have maybe learned something, maybe not. So Marlin learns what to trust to yeah
1: he learns i mean he learns that uh like to trust in other people mm. trust in his son's ability to deal with life mm. uh, like let him make some mistakes mm-hmm. um and i think he learns uh just not to be scared of everything because uh while you can do your best. You can't prevent bad things happening to yourself or the yeah. people that you love. And that's just part of life. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think like mm-hmm. from moment one, he's like super overprotective dad by the end. He's kind of like, all right, I'm still a little protective, but
0: go do school. Yeah. stuff." You can only change 12%. Yeah. But uh <laughs> yeah. And, and I love the character of Marlon. I think, Everything about this movie is very carefully and very well written yeah. in that you don't blame Marlon for kind of, you know, being like, this is me and my son. We're by ourselves. Yes, we're in this bubble. Like yeah. you see what he had before. You see what he lost yeah. and that devastation. And of course, he doesn't want to lose the one other, you know, the one family member that he has. And left. that
1: that one thing that ties him to his wife. Absolutely. Like Absolutely. It's, it's the one thing they have together. To
0: his wife, to a time where he wasn't scared of all of the things. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of depth there. And I think watching it as an adult, I get even more layers and. Like an onion. You'd like an onion. Hmm. Maybe a parfait. Hmm. Maybe a. Uh, layers of the sea. Like at, a seven layer dip. Like a <laughs> sand and mud and earth and. Fire
1: yeah. and wind and water heart. and heart.
0: <laughs> um, yeah, I think I think that climax scene is one of the ones that I forget. Um, of the movie, it's not quite as memorable of characters, um, but once he finds Nemo, they're still not out of the uh, lurch. How does that phrase go? Out of I the... think that's fine. <laughs> um, they get caught by one more net, and then there's a little bit of like, oh, one more thing. Oh, yeah. But he has to... Like, one, he has to trust Nemo that he can, you know, swim up. And he has to trust that, you know, by working together, everyone has to swim down. So it's like trusting that Nemo's going to get the message up, trusting that all the fish are going to swim down together instead of just saving myself. Um, And also, I mean, Dory's the one in danger, right? Like, he and Nemo could have swum off at that point. Yeah. But he he has found another kind of attachment in the big large sea yeah. and i just think that scene you know perhaps maybe it's a little forgettable because it might be a little bit more on the nose than it could be it <laughs> also it also your
1: face. um it like abuses that steven spielberg um time expanding cut style where you like cut to a door that's closing then you cut back to some action yeah and you cut back to that door and it's like if it's not higher than where it was just a minute ago, it's at the exact same space. Right, right, right. So you've right, got right. this closing door, but like, here's action that's happening. Yeah. At the same time, or yeah. or a longer action, even. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that scene really is guilty of drawing it out too much because I'm like,
0: I would agree with that.
1: It's, yeah, it just there's a lot of talking before those fish start swimming mm-hmm. down. Mm-hmm. Um. It's nice that it eventually works. It's a, it's a cool moment. I think there is a shot straight from Jaws in there. Because yeah. um, there's one point where they're trying to haul the cage up. Um, and the shark is on top of it. And the thing, like, you see the thing bending and then breaking. And it looked like one of the scenes of the, the like, outrigger or whatever it's called, bending uh, I think that was torn straight from Jaws. Mm. Uh, I would be interested in screen capping to find out.
0: Well, and Bruce is. Yes,
1: uh, Bruce is the name of the shark uh, that was used in Jaws.
0: The shark, or the animatronic, the, the mechanical the robot, shark. Yeah. yeah, they
1: called it Bruce. That's funny. So it's a nice, it's a nice tribute. Yeah. yeah.
0: Is there anything else? I mean, you're like the Jaws person in this household, but probably in my social circles.
1: Yeah, nothing else really jumped out i mean bruce is the most uh i think obvious homage um like thankfully they didn't do any of the like really obvious shark stuff
0: um
1: which even like lilo and stitch kind of does they have like the fin coming out of the water but it's a well, plane. have to watch the uh, Finding
0: the... Nemo uh, compatriots of the day, so I'm sure we'll get a Jaws music reference. Oh yeah, in yeah, a, for an one up, of those for an upcoming Netflix knockoffs.
1: <laughs> for an upcoming episode, we're doing what The Reef.
0: Don't give it away. Oh
1: well, we're doing some movies. There are other
0: fishy movies from the early 2000s. Yeah, there are other fish I'm movies. Sure, one of them is DreamWorks, so definitely there, there's going to be the Jaws theme. Yeah. Uh, that's pretty much to be expected. Okay. Yeah. That's, no, go for there's it. There's Marlin's arc. Kiki's arc is maybe a little bit less pronounced.
1: Yeah, as as is usual for yeah. for Miyazaki, um the the arc is less pronounced. I think this was based on a book if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um but the arc is just like she grows as a person and you and, watch that.
0: And from my understanding the arc is probably more pronounced in the movie than the book. Like they made that's what they made some more extreme choices. Yeah. which is funny from our perspective. Yeah,
1: yeah, um, yeah. And the the arc honestly just seems to be like she grows up. Like she goes through, like she goes through a lot emotionally, mm-hmm. and she comes out a stronger person. Mm-hmm. Um, Kiki's. I, I think I've mentioned this when we were watching it. Really reminds me of the time that I moved to New York, mm. uh, because like I wasn't a thirteen year old witch, uh, but You know, I moved out uh, away from my friends and family to like start a new life in a bigger city. And then you get there and you're like, hey, I'm an actor (laughs) or hey, I'm a witch. And everyone's like, so what? Go away.
0: Yeah, it definitely. So I I wonder, you know, kids watching it, what what kind of speaks to them? Because to me, that was a big, uh, for me too, like it was. I also moved to New York several years before mm-hmm. you did, but um, and it kind of it rang true to me too that like this is all exciting. Oh wait, I don't have any friends. I
1: don't have any friends. I don't or have a, a place to system. stay. I don't have a job. Yeah.
0: Oh, this was a terrible idea. <laughs> and she gets
1: she gets really. I mean, I don't want to, like, diagnose, but she gets really depressed for a little while there. Yeah. Uh, or, at the very least, just very sad. Very, very sad mopey, or very sick. Lethargic. Yeah, and, and sick.
0: It does... Rem- the month that I moved to New York was a month... It, like... It was June, and it rained literally, like, for three weeks straight. So yeah. I arrived in New York. I could... I had been here before. I was so excited to, like, go on runs and do the parks and go see all the things. And I'm like, well, I have to stay in this, like dumb studio apartment that i'm subletting i can't go outside i can't go to museums i can't like i can go to like the three interviews out of 50 jobs i've applied for like (laughs) this was a terrible mistake um i think it captures that well because i feel like everyone i talk to kind of has that moment in one way or another moving to a city
1: they realize like oh there's downsides too yeah (laughs) And, like, uh, you know, they end up being worth it, depend- depending on who you are. Mm-hmm. Um, I have I know people who the downsides were definitely not worth it for.
0: And I think from that perspective, you know, by the end of the movie, she's got definitely, like, a good friend or a boyfriend mm-hmm. in the one guy. She has, like, interacted with other peers.
1: Yeah, I think she's building a friend group.
0: She's building a friend group. She, she has her business. Yep. She has a strong relationship with the bakery person. Yep. Um she like she has yeah it's it's less about like what kiki has learned and what she has built
1: yeah it's it's like she hasn't she doesn't get that like happily ever after ending it's Mm -hmm. just a hey i've sort of established myself in a new place
0: yeah i have a friend yeah (laughs) um yeah that's neat i like that and um we had read um, Miyazaki's notes for this edition of the DVD yeah. or the Blu ray. Um, <laughs> I'm hoping there's like slightly a translation issue because he, like, it was very strongly like. Females, when they come into the working world, are very immature and they don't know what they're doing and they're bad at being adults. Let's
1: let, let me take it. <laughs> let me take it back one step because I believe he said girls.
0: Okay, okay.
1: There's a different kind of guy that says females. Females.
0: No, that is true. That's um, absolutely
1: true. But yeah, yeah. Like in one way, I'm like, oh cool, yeah, you're not wrong. Yeah, like a, a girl who's like just getting into the working world, you're yeah. gonna like. But then I'm like, wait. Miyazaki, what are you saying here?
0: Also males. Like, yeah. <laughs> this is everyone.
1: Um, but he, like, he really enjoys a strong female, or a yeah. female lead. Yeah. Um, which I think is really interesting. mm mm-hmm. um, Yeah. So, like, yeah, reading, reading his reasoning behind some of the stuff was, like.
0: Maybe this, uh, and it might not have been, it might have been published with the Blu-ray, but I think he maybe wrote it in the late 80s or early right. 90s. So there's a little bit of, like. Maybe there's translation, maybe there's some decades thing. Well, and, but it, it, it came and across a little like a bit s- like slang. and... Girls are immature that. until right. they learn how to work hard and wash a floor. Yeah. Which which scans in I, his movies. I think we're
1: three for three on floor washing. There's in a movies. lot of washing floors. There was floor washing in Howl's Moving Castle, yep. which you've seen but we haven't discussed on the podcast. Yeah. There's floor washing in Spirited Away, mm-hmm. and there's floor washing in this. There is. Like... I, I'm trying to think off the top of my head of Miyazaki movies without floor washing, and like maybe Princess Mononoke and probably Ponyo, because a lot of that happens underwater.
0: You can wash the ocean floor. I,
1: yeah. Also, they could wash when they're not it's underwater. Constantly being washed. So oceans. it's it's just an interesting thing. It's such a kind of a a mindless task, but it
0: it's a tedious but necessary task, yeah. right? And I feel like that's a lot of. His themes are are it have to do with tedium and necessity, and like oh. growing up isn't all like exciting things. Sometimes it's like learning how to wash a floor, or yeah. like figuring out how to talk to this boy without running away. Like, and I, <laughs> I
1: feel like in this uh, movie, it's like, hey, this is a witch. She has magical powers. What? Oh man, what's her trouble today? She's having trouble drumming up people for her small business. Yeah. Oh, how does she use her witchy powers? She doesn't. She she, <laughs> she just tries to use word of mouth.
0: She made her talking cat uh pretend to be a toy cat. Like yeah. that's kind of it. Like they're
1: they're in there. Like she flies, but like yeah, her powers aren't her. Her powers aren't her solution. The yeah. solution is like the tedious stuff that we all do.
0: Yes. Yes. Mm. That's nice. Oh. So. Why do you think flocks of birds are so maligned in cinema? Uh
1: birds Cuz they're scary, birds right? Birds are a little creepy, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so in Kiki's it's the crows Those or crows, ravens, yeah. And then in um uh Finding Nemo it's the the seagulls. The
0: seagull the For orn, orn. sure.
1: Yeah, like the pelicans are like kind of
0: the pelicans will listen to you yeah it just seems like the seagulls can't speak it up. like every other creature in that universe can speak yeah a common language except maybe the whales but dory maybe can speak whale she maybe can't
1: it's kind of unclear it's unclear and then like finding dory it looks like she can speak yeah, well but got also the
0: phil dunphy whale that whale like... might
1: just have been a nut
0: <laughs> yeah so who knows uh yeah but those seagulls are mean yeah like comically mean, but they're mean, like that's a little point of terror
1: but yeah. as as someone who grew up uh in summers by uh, lake Huron, oh yeah, like that's uh that's just an accurate description of seagulls. They will
0: eat things from like they don't care, yeah, they have no fear,
1: yeah, they will like they will take food out of your hand if you are holding food not tightly enough, Ugh. seagulls are jerks Ugh.
0: Have you had a similar experiences with crows or ravens? No, can't okay. say that I have. Have you ever tried to um, pluck a toy cat from a nest of crows' eggs?
1: So a bluebird once, yes, but uh, not a crow. Okay, yeah. all
0: right. Uh, uh,
1: yeah, no, I've had. Yeah, heard... she
0: pissed off one crow, and then all the crows got. It was a yeah. They all came. To she play. thought
1: they thought she was trying to steal an egg. Like
0: they thought, but she didn't.
1: She didn't. But
0: they were. Yeah, they were not having it. Yo,
1: girl comes by your eggs got to chase her out
0: i was hoping she might make friends with them by the end but she really didn't she they really were just pissed not, the no. whole time yeah they left her alone when she was
1: they like tolerated her when she became friends friend. with jenny garofalo Yeah. yeah after she washed that floor
0: it, well there you go there you go maybe marlin should have washed a floor and the seagulls would have helped him. i
1: feel like that's what's missing from finding nemo yeah well, they washing. kind
0: of flop on floors <laughs> Like on that deck, yeah. yeah, and in the dentist's office, they like flop on. And first. then he
1: has to clean it because Someone they flopped it. on it. Yeah. So.
0: Well, maybe the dentist is friends with the seagulls now. Huh? No. No. Probably not. They sm. No, he doesn't like the pelicans though. No. The pelicans smacking. He dentist. does not. Yeah. This dentist. I don't know. It, why? It, I I just have a lot of questions today. Go for it. Like there are, there's an aquarium in like every dentist's office in the United States. Is that you think? Is that like is that part of their credentials?
1: I don't know if I've had this experience. No, in like waiting rooms. Yeah, yeah. not yeah.
0: necessarily doctors' offices. No, but dentists definitely. Yeah, people are really scared of the dentist. Well, I've never understood that.
1: They're more terrifying.
0: Yeah, there's I guess sounds. They will machines. hurt you on purpose. Well
1: they will they will We're trying to help yeah but it hurts yeah um and also like uh insurance doesn't cover that mm. the way it covers other expenses yeah so like kids and adults have a bunch of reasons to be afraid of the dentist
0: that's a good that's a solid case thanks yeah so the so the aquarium then would be a soothing kind of element to help make you forget that you're at the dentist yeah,
1: or you just like look at it and be like, wow, it's so dirty.
0: But it does like, he has that aquarium inside the like. Inside the office. The room. Is, like, yeah, the I've only room, seen not it just, in, not in the reception
1: waiting rooms.
0: Our orthodent- orthodentist.
1: Orthodentist.
0: Our orthodontist, our orthodontist growing up for a short time had a clownfish and a dory fish in a tank. But you're not supposed to do that you like clownfish are not good pets There was like a whole thing or maybe a dory fish one of the two fish is like a really bad pet like they are angry and like hard to take care of and after finding nemo there was like a thing where it's like don't buy your kid this fish
1: is dory fish the actual name
0: um i believe so i believe oh. that yeah neat or or yeah Fi- um degenerus.
1: Fishius Maximus fish yeah. degenerus.
0: Yeah. Yeah. oh can we talk about the voice acting no okay. no <laughs> absolutely not
2: yeah absolutely because um, um,
0: it's good in both so we saw the English dub of Kiki's
2: to, to yeah clarify.
1: I I I know um people have strong opinions on subs and dubs um I find the dubbed versions of Ghibli films to be generally really good so I have no issue showing those.
0: How do you compare that to other Japanese my, my actual question is how do you compare that to Japanese movies that are not distributed by Disney?
1: Um, It depends on the movie. Okay. Like if, if it's a, a popular enough property and there's enough money into it um, like the TV show Naruto um, I watched Subbed and then I watched again Dubbed um, the, can you, something can like, you
0: explain the difference for subbed between subbed and dubbed?
1: Yeah, sure. Subtitle uh, subbed is subtitled, oh, which means duh. we're in the Japanese language. You're hearing Japanese, but you're reading English at the bottom of the got screen. It. Dubbed, of course, means that you've got English dubbed over. Um, you know, movies like Akira, um, like like really big releases, I find to be generally good. Um, but if you're looking at something that's either newer or has less of a budget, um, then they can be really bad. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, you know, there's a difference between translation and localization, which you've experienced, yeah. um, in watching Disney films in Spanish, mm-hmm. uh, that like, oh, they didn't just translate this song. They try, they, they like tried to make it,
0: they are poetic translation. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah. So like there's a lot of a lot of Japanese will be like um like uh there'll be a word that basically means like this guy. Oops, sorry. Uh there'll be a word that basically means like this guy, and it's just like, oh I hate this guy. Mm-hmm. But in like both the sub and the dub, like our character will go, this guy. And you're like uh-huh. what?
2: What do uh-huh. you
1: um so yeah, anyway, um Back to your question. Yeah, uh, Disney, uh, when Disney distributes, I feel like they generally do a really good job. Um, they
0: get some names, too.
1: Which is both good and bad. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, I love hearing Phil Hartman at all times. Mm-hmm. He was okay in this, I thought. Yeah,
0: so I was reading up on this um, because the, the apparently the, the Japanese version um, in general, in Japan, um, cats are voiced female. Mm-hmm. Um, like they're not given a gender, but like a female. Vo- so in Kiki's- just like
1: kids are all voiced female in America. I mean, yes. Yeah. yeah. Like rega- of. regardless of gender, like six year old boy is going to be played by a woman.
0: Right. Yeah. Right. Um, so in if you're watching the Japanese version, you hear a female voice, which is very different than Phil Hartman's voice. <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: Um, and the personality of the cat is different in the Japanese and the. American versions. Um, Like, he's more cynical and Phil hartman Um, And also, we were talking about, in terms of localization, the some plot elements are a little bit different in the American version. Um, Like, it's um, more... What was... I was reading on Wikipedia. I'm not going to go back now. But, like, I guess they let Phil Hartman ad lib a little bit. So he's, like, even more cynical. Yeah. um, In the original, like, '98 dub. And in subsequent releases, they've taken out that ad lib. I guess there's a lot of Japanese silence that they have filled with either either voice or music in the American version, which is very interesting and relates to some kind of, you know, transitional issues i've had in watching miyazaki movies where it's like like i, I don't want to use the word empty but that's kind of the first word it comes there's, to mind there's like purposeful there's, silence like wh- why is nothing n- n- but there's it's nothing like, going oh, I'm on just, i'm just sitting in this moment uh, okay uh, uh, this makes me uncomfortable yeah <laughs> uh so it definitely makes sense that well let's just fill this space with voice or music or no. so that was fascinating and kirsten dunst is kiki Like Child kissing Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. There's a couple other. And I I think it's, like you said, there are pros and cons to having names do the dubs. But I think there are some connotations that you get with certain voice actors. And Disney does this all the time in their voice casting of, you know, American movies uh, that can can help a role if done right. Like you kind of hear Phil Hartman and... Even if you don't know that's Phil Hartman, you're like, all right, that's this voice from The Simpsons or yeah. whatever. I kind of know what to expect from this character and you have some expectations set up for you.
1: And we'll, t- we'll talk, um, whenever we do Totoro. Mm-hmm. we're probably going to have to watch two versions of it. Ooh. Um, because there's the version I grew up with and loved, and then there's the newer version with, um, Dakota Fanning and Elle Fanning. I think it was like a, a official Disney release. I don't mm. know what the first one was. I don't, I honestly don't know what the deal is, but I know I grew up on different voices than our, the current voices. Ooh. So that's... That, that would was, totally mess you up. Oh, it was a really weird adjustment. Yeah. um, Yeah.
0: Oh, I don't... Oh, that would not be fun. Yeah, it's interesting. I would. I can't even listen to, like, the Broadway cast recording of Beauty and the Beast, because I'm like, you are not Paige O'Hara. Like, Stop I, this. I'm
1: sorry, sir. Did you just sing My Paw when you meant to sing
0: <laughs> My Paw?
1: <laughs> Go away.
0: No, thank you. Like... It's the same music. Everyone does a phenomenal job. But it's it's but wrong. no, no thanks. It's incorrect. No.
1: Um so let's talk about the voice cast of Fighting Nemo.
0: The
1: fish is degenerate. Fish is So uh, who was like my favorite comedian at one point when I was like 12? <laughs> yeah. Cuz she was like a scatterbrain and I've always She's been kind awesome of a scatterbrain and like
0: I think Ellen DeGeneres is funny. Yeah, I think it's a it's a you know fun hot take to be like oh, Ellen DeGeneres is part of the mainstream, like which she is now. She's yeah. had a daytime talk show for like fifty years. I don't know something like that. Um, she's funny, and her vocal performance as Dory, like when people make an argument for um, like a voice acting category at the Academy Awards, yeah the names that come up are Robin Williams and Ellen DeGeneres. Oh yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I can't imagine Dory without her.
0: And especially like she's great in finding Nemo and then in finding Dory, like oh. she brings just her balance of heart and humor and yeah. this grounded sensibility. You, you know I've got thoughts on Finding Nemo. I know you do. I, I'm, I also I'm have thoughts. So excited
1: on to talk about it at some yeah. point. Um uh, we also thoughts. got Al- Oh yeah, good thoughts. I love that movie. Uh we've also got Albert Brooks.
2: Yep.
0: Um, no, who, Albert Brooks is, no, that's correct, right? Yeah. Albert Brooks. I, is Albert Brooks the, isn't there another Albert on the Simpsons and it's like something Brooks? i al... yeah, that's right.
1: Alf Clausen?
0: No, I don't know. I'm, I'm.
1: Mel Brooks?
0: Can Continue talking.
1: Okay. Yeah. Well, if I'm, if I'm Who's wrong. Al- if, I'm right. Anyway. We've got Albert, Albert Brooks uh-huh. playing, uh, Marlon. Yep. Uh, and doing a bang up job, he is. I feel like I almost never see him in movies. I, I like, I just don't navigate towards the movies that he is in. Yeah. For whatever reason, but every time I hear him as a voice on a thing, I am instantly in love. Unless he's playing some like EPA guy for some reason instead of Hank Scorpio. Simpsons Hank movie. Scorpio
0: is the only. Yeah. Uh... Um,
1: but yeah, Albert Brooks is is amazing. He brings a lot of like. He's very funny, but very, like, earnest in mm-hmm. his humor. So, like, you're never, like, I, 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 we've talked about this before. I think a lot of the difference between comedy of, like, the, the 80s and comedy mm-hmm. of now is that, you know, comedy, uh, a lot of comedies would have, like, very earnest people doing very earnest things. Mm-hmm. Um, the Ghostbusters were, like, all very much into what they were doing. Um, what was the other movie we watched recently? Um, we watched Spinal Tap. We watched uh, uh,
0: wait, like Christopher Guest. Wait, what? What are we talking about? Oh, uh, Clue. Clue was oh, the other yeah. movie we watched recently.
1: Um, and everyone is giving these amazing comedic performances, Ugh. but I don't think anyone is like going out of the way to be like, "By the way, look at this funny thing I'm doing." Right. And I think Albert Brooks uh, is is brilliant at just being hilarious. Yeah. By just being the character he is, by mm-hmm. by telling a terrible joke once he's pressured into it, Ugh, um, yeah, like moments like that, like he's very very funny, but also like such a perfect dad.
0: Yes, he's very well cast as dad. I think there's, I'm am presuming because every other movie has been the same. There's an element of direction that's really vital in that because I was thinking of like, oh yeah, if they had cast like Billy Crystal, as that but uh, wait, I love his Mike Wazowski, like
1: Yeah, but he w- he would have yeah. been like I can't imagine him doing well in that Marlin role.
0: Yeah. I think yeah. it would have been less than ideal. Um but I'm thinking about like similar comedians who would have maybe been a little bit more yeah. sticky. Um Are yeah. Your
1: favorite uh comedian especially in a uh, animated movie, Martin Short.
0: Uh <sighs> Um see I so I thought you were just gonna say Willem Defoe.
1: <laughs> I was I was about to just ask about the uh, the fish in the tank because I know Willem Dafoe's so, in there.
0: He's in there and he's like the fish. So that fish. Okay. So first of all, I think Willem Defoe cast as Gil. He's um another fish in the dentist tank. He's
1: like the hardened badass. Yeah, of the he's the hardened tank. badass.
0: I think that's a case where the thing I was talking about earlier where connotation helps you in that situation be like, oh, I know who this character is immediately. Also, I'm a little bit scared. Like, there's a threat of maybe Gil has bad intentions or, like, will kind of, like, throw Nemo over the edge to, you know, to serve himself. And it's interesting because when this movie was first being promoted, like, six to nine months in advance, and they do a lot in that six to nine months. Oh, yeah. The promotion I like. I have a specific memory of going to the Disney.go website, which is uh, why do they have their own dot? It's still thing? Go. Is anything else dot Go in the world? Nope. So, a- anything
1: ABC or Disney?
0: And so that's why it runs poorly.
1: Uh, no, it runs poorly because it's not a well-designed site.
0: Great. Uh, I'm going to blame the dot. We'll, go anyway. we'll
1: do this as a special bonus episode <laughs> where uh, where we have me. And a couple of other web designers just criticizing Disney's site.
0: Great, that sounds fun. Yeah, actually, kind of. Uh, so I have a specific memory of going to the website and like looking up like what are these? Like they had like some very initial character descriptions, and Gills was like like a kind of like a rough and tough fish who may not be all that he seems. Like they set him up to be a villain, right? And I'd be very interested in kind of doing some more research on early drafts because. I can see that he could have gone that direction and it would have been a different movie, right? It would have been kind of like a Papa Croc situation.
1: You love going back to that. I'm
0: so glad I know about Papa Croc. It's horrifying. So can
1: you again refresh our audience's mind in case they haven't listened to one of the other episodes where you reference
0: Papa Croc. Gladly. Papa Croc is a Julie Tamer original character. Uh, She wanted to replace the second half of The Lion King like... Take out Timon and Pumbaa. Have Simba run away from Scar, and then run into this kind of Vegas situation in the desert, run by this scheming Papa Croc, who acts like a father figure to Simba, who falls for it because his father has just he has been murdered in front of his face, and Papa Croc basically like is a is a dog fighting uh, pimp. I don't know what the official term is. Uh, he runs a he runs a Animal fighting ring and this, Simba.
1: This sounds a lot. Gladiator
0: like, fights against other animals in the desert for audience amusement.
1: This sounds a lot like the WWE. I yeah. wonder if Tamor was actually trying to tear down Vince McMahon I mean, and his weird father relationship with all of his wrestlers. Yeah,
0: I mean you've said the WWE is basically like a carny story, oh, yeah. like, and that's what this would be too. Yeah. Anyway, Gil had some pop-a-crack potential, but thankfully they didn't go that route because no. the only. Real uh, way to honor the Papa Croc story is obviously by putting Hades in that role in Hercules. Public yeah. Theater, looking at you. You got a couple months to figure this out. They are redoing Hercules. They are end of uh, August. Oh. So, just Papa Croc. J- j- talk to just Julie just Tamer, think but about don't it. talk to her too much because yeah, you're gonna j- just. Just to ask her about Papa Croc.
1: I I will say about Gil though, when he when I first heard his voice, I did not think like, oh, I'm scared, oh, I'm worried. I thought, is this is this James Woods? No, is <laughs> this wait, is this uh, Kevin Spacey? No. Oh, okay, I know who it is. Like <laughs> it's the other creepy one. Yeah. His voice didn't like immediately register to <laughs> mm-hmm. me, and I think it's because it was so like nuanced performance yeah. or so low key a performance.
0: <laughs> Yeah, there are some good people.
1: So I think it's about that time. It's
0: about that where time. Where we start
1: wrapping things up.
0: Yeah.
1: We're going to do uh, what we call the uh, final, final, cut. Cut. Final, cut.
0: Uh,
1: final cut. Final cut. Final cut. Final cut. It's the final cut. ba <laughs> right. So uh, first part of the final cut is, oh, man, Kate, what's the first part of the final cut?
0: Uh, it's scene shout-out, Dick.
1: Oh, yeah. I love doing a good scene shout-out. Yeah. Do you have a scene in the top of your head for? Uh, we do one for each movie. We is that do, correct? We
0: each do one for each. Do you movie. have one in
1: the top of your head for either movie? You can start this.
0: Oh man! So in uh, the short answer to that question is no, but okay. I will bullshit my way through. Then you know what? Talk. I can
1: I can start this yes, off. Yes, that's even better. Um, I will grab a uh, scene uh, that I particularly like from Kiki's Delivery Service, um, which is. Uh, just her, uh, Kiki, uh, helping the old ladies out. We mentioned it earlier, but specifically, like, and, and you you called everyone out in this movie for being a bad negotiator, which yeah. they all are, but also, like, they're just nice people, which is nice. So, like, Kiki is supposed to take a delivery from this um, older lady to her granddaughter for her birthday. It's the the herring cake or whatever, herring pie. She goes over and the oven's not working. And Kiki's like, Well, I'm sorry. I'll just be on my way. And then the old lady's like, No, no, here. Here's the money, though, because I promised you money and you came all this way. And Kiki's like, Well, this is too much money. So now I'm (laughs) going to do some chores. Yeah. And she like, she fixes the, or she gets the old wood burning oven up and running, which is really. A nice sort of like, hey, just because something's old doesn't mean it's not useful. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is great in this scene of two older women. Mm-hmm. Um and she does just general chores around the place. Um but while this like kind of sweet scene is playing out, the there's like the the main old woman and the main old woman's friend and she goes and gets Kiki's broom and pretends to ride it around. And <laughs> She's it, delightful. Just like it, it, it right behind this sweet scene. There's an old woman riding around a broom and going, "wee." <laughs>
0: it's,
1: it's really lovely. And I think like, again, like showing that the old oven is still useful is a really nice sort of, hmm. you know, play on like, Hey, you know, w- everyone still has value. Um, and I think it's just nice to see people being like really nice to each other without it being like saccharine sweet. Mm-hmm. Just like, oh no, you know what? It, I will, t- I will give you this money. Okay, you know what? I'll take that money, but I'm going to do some chores, just because I want to. Yeah. You know, it's 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 very nice and, being nice to each other. And they're like they get along very well. They have a nice little conversation. It's fun. Yes. I I swear I'm not I'm not the most boring guy in the whole wide world. <laughs> I just. I like people just being nice and making pies.
0: Yeah, it is really delightful. Uh, for Kiki's, I'm gonna go with like maybe the only scene of tension in the movie, <laughs> which is harkening back to the conversation we were having about moving to a city for the first time. Mm-hmm. That when she lands in that city, oh yeah, for the first time, and like she's just been soaring in the clouds. She like had a conversation with one witch in parallel transit, mm-hmm. but otherwise it's pretty much just been Kiki looking around and hanging out with her cat and uh, sleeping on a train. And he, she lands in the city, and it's like a cacophony of noise. There are so many people and cars, and she's like totally caught off guard. She just wants to like find where, uh, where they welcome the witches and... There's like a police officer he's like you can't you can't be on that broom I'm gonna write you a ticket and then like he gets distracted right yeah. um, and it's just I feel like a really good like it reminds me of uh you know getting a cab out of LaGuardia and going to the sublet on Staten Island and the cab is like no where uh, what road should I take I'm like I don't I don't live here so what do you you're
1: you're the cab. You tell me it's
0: like which apartment is it? I'm like, I don't like this is before like, you know, no. Google Maps. Uh, it's like, I don't I don't know. Like I gave you the address. You're supposed to do something with that. Yeah. <laughs> this is already starting poorly. Um. And so I feel like it, it captures that well, that kind of this is all really exciting, but also like I can't get anything done. Um. Kind of chaotic.
1: Yeah, it's kind of that that overwhelming. I've just come to a new place. And I just want to park and then go in. Yeah. And that's the most trouble yeah. I've ever had with anything in my life. Right. Is trying to park somewhere. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's a good scene.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Thanks. Um, I'll jump on some Finding Nemo now. Fantastic. Um, boy, it's a tricky one. Finding Nemo, I think, is full of a lot of very good scenes, mm-hmm. um, but not... Like on unlike Finding Dory, which I think has some great scenes mm-hmm. and some terrible scenes, mm-hmm. Finding Nemo I think is like pretty regularly like a, a seven or an eight. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I'm gonna call something out, um, I guess it's it's kinda that horrifying opener. Yeah. Just like you see uh Marlon's wife, I don't know what her name is. Coral. Nala Coral. So you see you see like Marlin like having fun. He's like getting ready to go out or whatever. And then Coral is just frozen. And you see her see the barracuda and I think she sees it before it sees her. And like she glances down at the eggs. Yeah. yeah. And Marlin's like, "No!" And it's like this this very um uh, it's not like nuanced because it's it's pretty obvious, yeah. but it's like this, like if that were a human actor, that would be a really subtle move, just the eyes down, yeah. eyes back at the threat, eyes down, eyes back at the threat.
0: It's nuanced for an inevitable moment. Like as soon as you see that barracuda, you know exactly what's going to happen yeah. and the way it plays out is really dramatic and like yeah. makes your, like you've you met these characters 30 seconds ago. Yeah. And they, yeah,
1: and I felt more tense in that moment mm-hmm. than I thought I would re-watching it, because mm-hmm. I've seen this movie you know five or six times, mm-hmm. not like an insane amount, but I've seen it a few times, yeah, but still watching it again in that moment, I was like, "Oh no, I know what's going to happen, but still, Ugh. oh no, yeah.
0: yeah, that's played really well.
1: Yeah. what about you
0: um I, I'm, I'm saying like i there's a lot of good scenes, and I think there's a lot of good dialogue exchanges mm-hmm. but it's like you know four lines back and forth like they give you kind of like a like a drop mic moment and then they kind of move on so mm-hmm. it's hard to call out a scene specifically um but i'm gonna go with the the two going to school scenes um Ooh. because there are good like so uh andrew i know i know uh dick is a big fan of ted talks in general Eyes just rolled into the back of his head. Andrew Stanton, the director of Finding Nemo, um, gives a really great TED talk that will we'll, I'll link to. Um, and it's either shortly after Finding Nemo or because he directed Finding Nemo. There's a lot of Nemo reference. It's like how Pixar tells a story. Yeah. Um, and he goes through all of these like so-called rules of the Disney Renaissance and like how they broke them all and. Um, and it's, it's just really interesting from a creative perspective and a storytelling perspective. And um, so the, the the school scene are kind of a textbook, like, bookend scenes. Like, it's the same scene but beginning and end. But wow. I think what, what Pixar, I'm going to say, does really well. I think they may be exiting a golden age of their studio in some respects. But I think what Pixar does really well um, historically is – execution Mm -hmm. of like they're not doing anything totally revolutionary um cinematically or storytelling wise but they just execute it better than almost anyone yeah and I think this bookends case is a is an example of that where you know Nemo's first day of school at the beginning of movie you see you know Marlon being a nervous wreck and like trying to let Nemo go to school and have fun but also like he can't do it he can't like he can't do the joke in front of other parents. Like he's so socially awkward with his peers. And like at the first sign of, of danger, he's like helicopter parenting. Um yeah. and there's also I just really love the uh, Manta Ray teacher also. <laughs> there's <nothing to> see. <laughs> yeah. Um and so at the end of the movie, once Nemo is found and they're back safe home, um, it's basically the same chain of events, but like Marlin tells a better joke to his peers because he's had to interact with all these different creatures in Uh the ocean and like get his point across. And he's like still nervous about Nemo, but like he's learned that Nemo can take care of himself and he has to trust in others. And so like it's not as night and day as you might expect in um, a movie like this. Yeah. Um, But there's like enough nuance. There's like enough that changes and enough that stays the same that it's really satisfying as a final scene, yeah. Um, and I think it's it's just it's done really well. It, it's a great like, here's what happened in this movie. Here's what you're taking away, and you know, here's
1: how our characters have changed.
0: Twelve percent, yeah, yeah.
1: And yeah. it's 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 really great in that it is not like uh, it's a super obvious rule. It's but uh, uh, like so the show don't tell, right? Like mm-hmm. don't tell us mm-hmm. that Nemo is. Uh, or don't tell us that Marlon is more confident. Show it to us. Yeah. And, like, yeah. it just it shows it to us, uh, like you said, in a scene that we are all already familiar with. Mm-hmm. There's, like, a couple of big moments in the scene the first time. We see all those moments in the scene the second mm-hmm. time and how they're just different enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Nice. Very nice. Mm. Dick,
0: yeah. uh, who's your MVP of... Niki, Kiki Kimo, with a hybrid no uh, let's no. just
1: call it Kikis and Nemo. Okay. Yeah. Um so uh we pick one MVP from both movies. That's correct. That's correct. Cool. Um it's really hard not to say that big dopey dog <laughs> because I love that big dopey yeah. dog so much. Um no, it's that big dopey dog. I love that big dopey dog. He's like my favorite thing. Uh, When I I, I think um, Miyazaki does a lot of things well, obviously, I I think one of the things he does really well are like slow moving kind of dopey characters who like (laughs) they're slow moving, they're slow thinking and they they're not they don't necessarily care what anyone else thinks like that dog is just kind of like, cool, this toy is mine now. Cool. I'm gonna walk outside now. Da da da. Mm-hmm. He's just like in his own world. Just does his own thing. Yeah. I don't know. I like him. He makes me happy.
2: Yeah.
1: yeah. What about you? You got an MVP?
0: Uh, my MVP is um, the uh, the. I, I always go more abstract with these, but the flying sequences in Kiki's. I really like being at her like point of view. Oh. Like the the camera being her eyes. And just kind of soaring over this town. And when she rises up to kind of like view basically like a, you know, Google Earth, but actual Earth. Yeah, she's <laughs> like, version she of it. rises up yeah. into the sky. To be able to read her map, to, her physical map better.
1: Which is, yeah, yeah. Uh, amazing.
0: And I feel like that's like the like my favorite kind of dream that I have is like just like flying over a landscape. And I can like go up and go down and kind of zoom where I want. And yeah. it was very... Really relaxing and satisfying. Um, Yeah. Nice. Good work on the flying.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. So we've got uh, some crossovers to talk Mm -hmm. about. So Mm -hmm. Kate, uh, if you're going to take two things, uh, or one thing from Kiki's, one thing from Nemo and put them together, again, this can be abstract, this can be parts of the creative team, this could be characters, this could be songs, whatever you got. If you could take two things and cross them over, what would those two things be?
0: I think it would be, uh, this is this is um, not reliant on actors being alive. Sure. Okay. Uh, Phil Hartman's Gigi and uh, Willem Dafoe's Gil a detective series. Oh. Because uh, they both have that kind of like film noir voice. Uh, and I don't know if like Gil rolls around in that like plastic bag he kind of escapes in or like... Uh, the Gigi carries a fishbowl around. I don't. I don't really know the mechanics of it, but I think they'd be a good team. I think like there could be like a, a running gag of like God oh, Gigi wants to eat the fish, um, but like Gil can handle himself. Yeah. Uh, and they say they go around solving mysteries.
1: Nice. Yeah. That's pretty good. Um. Cool. So here's my crossover. Uh, as I've said, I love Phil Hartman. Almost anything he's in, I'm very excited about. I think he was fine as this cat. Um, I see what we're going for with this kind of cynical thing. But he's also a little overprotective. He's also like hmm. comedic without being necessarily jokey. All right. So I think I want Albert Brooks playing this cat. Okay. No. Yeah. Not James L. Brooks.
0: Not James L. Brooks. From The Simpsons. That's but the Al- other one. But Albert That's Brooks. There. That's where I got confused. Also,
1: often on the simpsons. Yes. Yeah.
0: Oh nice. Yeah. Okay. We could give Phil Hartman a part in Finding Nemo. Too, oh yeah,
1: probably, let's just right? let's just cross that right back on over and oh, he would uh, be a
0: great dentist.
1: Oh, he would be an amazing dentist. I know he's dentist. like supposed to be
0: Australian, but
1: Yeah, but if Phil,
0: if Phil Hartman could figure it out.
1: Yeah. Look, yeah. just give Phil Hartman like five or six different lo- yeah, roles. To- <laughs> he's he's fine.
0: <laughs> he and Ratzenberger could like tag team the school oh, of fish. Oh my
1: god, that'd be great. Yeah. Yeah.
0: There's oh, plenty of spots. oh
1: no! He should be also all of the seagulls. That should be just his voice going. <laughs> mine, mine, mine. mine, mine. It'd be great. <laughs> be, it's it's perfect for his voice. All right, final, <laughs> all right. final, final cut.
0: So, Dick Ward. Yes, Kate. Phillips. If you're going to take, let's say Kiki's Delivery Service, yeah. and either do one of three things with okay. it: okay, re-release it as is, uh, release a special edition. In some form, or throw it in the vault, never to be seen again. What do you do?
1: That's a tough one. I'm not throwing this in the vault, obviously. I think it's a great movie. Um, The hard part is I kind of, yeah, I want to do a special edition. All right. Because there's one thing I didn't talk about, and it's because it makes me sad. Um, Joe uh, uh, Hisaishi?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: probably said it wrong again. I keep meaning to look it up before we record, and then I don't. That's okay. Um, is the uh, the guy who composes all the music for uh, most of or all of the Ghibli films. And there's a song in this that just sucks. It's a real bummer. I forget what it sounds exactly like. It's, it's just like... Um, uh, if, like if you're happy and you know it mm-hmm. or something like that, it's like a very kiddie song and it drives me batty when I'm listening to the soundtrack.
0: I might have some good news for you, Dick. Oh my God. There's a bunch of music that's in the American version that's not in the Japanese version. Ah. So it might not be your guy. I, we will look it up later. Yeah. But there's like several um, score pieces that are written by different composers and like two pop songs that are not in the other. Yeah,
1: because there is there is a very bad instrumental. I'm not. Song I'm not going to make any promises. Yeah, but. but that. So I do a special edition. I would just change that specific song. All right. Yeah.
0: That's a very specific request. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Um. I, ooh, Kiki's delivery service. I. Hmm. I guess I re-release it, but like. I think it's I think it's more interesting as an adult. I don't have a comparison to yeah, like yeah. have watched as a kid, but I think there's more to maybe relate to as an adult. I don't know, like maybe like going to middle school or high school for the first time and not knowing anyone and thinking like, this is what made me special at my last school. I feel like it could be maybe a good like college campus movie night
1: it could it be the new uh oh the places you'll go,
0: yeah, maybe it's not as catchy, right like. <laughs> It's a little bit longer. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know really what I special edition on it because I don't, yeah, yeah. I think it all, it fits together evenly. I think it looks, you know, coherent and nice. cohesive. So I re-released it, but I don't, I don't necessarily. You don't necessarily target kids. Need to kids. like evangelize it to kids. Yeah. yeah. Mm.
1: Nice. Cool. Yeah. So that brings us down to Finding Nemo. Mm-hmm. Um.
0: So, Finding Nemo. Yeah. Given the choice to re-release Special Edition or Vault, what do you do?
1: I think this just gets a re-release. Okay. Here, okay. But, if I am going to Special Edition... Boat. It, boat. If I am going to Special Edition it, thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, here's what I do. I release it as... I released it as a double feature with Finding Dory, mm. and I also cut like the first twenty minutes. I was gonna of say finding like just take
0: out like the first half hour because <laughs> the first
1: the first chunk of Finding Dory is kind of just a recap of Finding. So remember email. these
0: characters? Hi.
1: So if we can re- do those as like a, a mm. like as like a hundred twenty minute or like a yeah two hours two and a half hours no intermission yeah or slight intermission okay um. Then I think we can capture on the strengths of Dory, which I think goes deeper than Nemo Mm -hmm. in general, uh, but still have all the strengths of Nemo without having to see the repeat of it.
0: Yeah, I like that. Whoopity whoop. Yeah, I think in general a re-release is closest. I don't think it would hurt anything to maybe update a little bit of the visuals in terms of um, blending Forefront into background. That's the Ooh. only thing I noticed that was like, oh yeah, 2003. Like, mm. the fish float. Like, they do a real, this was the first time they tried to do CGI all in, like, swimming. Like, yeah. um, but I think there are a couple scenes where especially if it's like a, uh, not a wider angle, but I-, I guess I noticed it in, like, the first scene with him and Coral, that like, okay, this looks like fish that are floating over a Backdrop of water.
1: Gotcha. As
0: opposed to like fish in water. Yeah. And I don't, you know, maybe it's just that scene and my, either my eyes adjusted or the animation got better. I don't know. But I think there are just a few things where I'm like, yeah, I bet that would look better if it was animated 15 years later. Um, So just some, maybe some touch up. Nice. The CGI mastery. I don't know what that, I don't know what that would be called. Magic. Yeah. Magic
1: yeah no but i think other, that otherwise i think it's yeah i think that makes a lot of sense i also think uh thinking back on it now i would get rid of any scene where you see nemo face the camera oh, yeah, his
0: face kind of looks a little bit like edgy. As, as soon
1: as he like faces directly into the camera it yeah. looks like the Sega Dreamcast game Sea Man, which was a fish with a human's face on it. Ugh. It's really uncomfortable. Well, thank you. Um, but yeah, like it just kind of looks like a floating head. Yeah. So it's it's like
0: yeah, it's, there's some It like, only
1: happens once or twice, but when it happens, I'm like, oh. Yeah,
0: there's some like under eye like bags. Yeah. On both like Marlin and Nemo, that it's like you look too close from a weird angle, and you're like, oh, I don't, yeah. I don't want to look at this anymore. Nice. But yeah,
1: so. Uh, Is couple- that- couple of great movies
0: yeah sea yeah. and sky
1: yeah sea and sky but, uh, science uh, and yeah, sea. surf surf and turf
0: surf and surf and surf air and foul,
1: foul i don't know anyway uh thank you for listening to the cellmates podcast if you Absolutely. want to reach out to us you can do so at cellmates on twitter uh cellmates podcast, cellmates podcast. sorry cellmates podcast on twitter mm-hmm. and facebook it's podcast at gmail.com if you want to email us. That's right. And uh for Summits so Podcast, I am Dick Ward.
0: I am Kate Phillips.
1: Bye. Mine. 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 Um, Kate, a question for you. Yes. Since you teach elementary school, mm-hmm. uh, how would you compare Finding Nemo to Baby Beluga? Like,
0: That's a weird question. <laughs>
1: thank you. Uh,
0: I don't know. He's a Baby uh,
1: Beluga. He's in the deep blue sea. Swims I mean, wild and free. Nemo Baby,
0: baby Beluga, um, I would say his story is far less expanded upon hmm. than Nemo. Uh, Nemo's got a whole arc. Baby Beluga just kind of like sleeps... And swims.
1: Well, he's a little white whale on the go.
0: On the go, yeah. But when it's uh, dark and <laughs> when it's dark and <laughs> swim down dead in your ocean bed, I don't know. There's, yeah, cool. There's a there's a nighttime verse of the song where he goes to sleep. Yeah. And it's very quiet, he's so you have to be quiet. Fighter, Baby beluga doesn't want to wake up.
1: Fighter of the day, man. Yeah. Uh, something like that. Cool. Um.
0: It, so okay. Yeah. That's, no, go for it. There's Marlin's arc.